Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Wrestling Daft presents The Daft Sheet. To butcher a well-known quote, those who can wrestle and those who can't podcast. But even the best wrestlers also podcast, making this link to start the show an absolute shambles from the very off. Hello and welcome to The Daft Sheet, a new podcast from Wrestling Daft, hosted by me, Chris Jack, former pro wrestler, yearly first man eliminated in the Wrestling Daft Run-In Rumble, and for the duration of this podcast, the editor-in-chief of a new fictional wrestling dirt sheet. Each episode, I'll be joined by two of the great and the good of the Wrestling Daft listenership as they vie to get their picks of the top wrestling-related stories into this week's paper. They'll aim to fill the front page with the most newsworthy wrestling news of the week, the back page with the most sporting moment of the last seven days, page three with the most titillating nuggets of gossip, the TV pages with the most must-see viewing, and play Agonyant to a wrestling dilemma in our Dear Dafty's Problem page. And this week's freelancer chancers are the unpronounceable Stephen Roachyboy Roach and a man probably far better positioned to be hosting this podcast than me, Billy Stacking of the Scottish Wrestling Network. Lads, how are you this evening? I'm, I'm a bit nervous, to be honest, because I realised when we were setting this up and, and talking about what's to come, I don't watch an awful lot of wrestling, I've found out. So this is going to be very interesting for me trying to pitch some ideas to you for the staff sheet. Oh, you know what? Uh, you probably still manage to watch more wrestling than Grado normally does in the main show. Uh, so you can uh, you can solace yourself with that, Billy. And what about yourself, Steve? How, how have you been getting on this week? I'm very, very warm. It's unusually uh, hot for me in Glasgow. <laughs> I think... I don't I, just stop oil. I think are right. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, hopefully we there's not uh, run-ins with, with orange powder on on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, so, it's not July yet. Uh, it's, it's not July yet. No, they'll uh, <laughs> probably get even worse by then. Uh, so we're going to have plenty to discuss. It's been a bumper weekend uh, for wrestling uh, across uh, AEW, uh, WWE, and everywhere else in between. Uh, but with the week that's just gone by and seeing Karen Jarrett nearly break her ankle, falling over stilettos, uh, smashing Aubrey Edwards with a guitar, and Matt Jackson uh, nearly literally taking the heads off uh, the Blackpool Combat Club with his exploding Nike SB Chicago's. Gentlemen, what is the most dangerous footwear that you guys have ever adorned your, your feet with? Fucking rollerblades. Rollerblades? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who the hell, who thought that'd be a good idea? What a stupid, stupid invention. And I say that because it was a, a, I think everybody, there was a phase in primary school where everybody was wearing rollerblades, so I thought I had to join in, and I was useless at it. I went on, I went on my ass more times than I've had hot meals, trying to wear them. So I, I would go with rollerblades in that one. Rollerblades for Steve, uh, you by yourself, Billy. 
I'm going to go for whatever ones I was wearing, like the days I've broke my arms and, and, and caused, I mean, it definitely wasn't Strongbow. It definitely wasn't cider related or alcohol related. It was definitely the footwear that was the problem in that, in that situation. So, uh, yeah, many a broken bone and, and uh, sere mornings because of uh, falls. So, yeah, whatever footwear I'm wearing at that point. So, yeah, that's the problem. You sound like you need to invest in a pair of the Perma Grips, uh, 1999 for Timpsons. Uh, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like we need to, to do there, Billy. <laughs> There's Timpsons up the road. It's fine. I'll, I'll get them some in the morning. Key cutting, shoes. What else can you ask for? They're not sponsoring this uh, podcast uh, as yet, but you, you never know. You not never yet. know what's going to happen. Uh, so what we'll do is we, we'll get cracked on and uh, start to fill the, the very first edition uh, of the daft sheet. Now, the first thing that we're going to look at is what's going to go on the front page. What's been the biggest wrestling news story of the week? Uh, and I think I will come to you, Steve, first. Stephen, what would be your pick to be on the front page of the daft sheet? I think I'm going to go with the uh, happenings from uh, Double or Nothing. Um, the big ending was uh, the, uh, the main event uh, of Anikir uh, in the arena. We had Kanoshke Takeshita. Say that three times fast. <laughs> um, turn heel on the elite. Um, a couple of weeks earlier, we had the, the shock Don Callis heel turn. Well, they say shock. I actually wasn't surprised at it. I think it was always on the horizon. I think Takeshita turning heel was the most shocking one. So I think we've got a big storyline developing there. The question remains, is Takeshita part of uh, the Blackpool Combat Club? Is Callis part of it? I don't think that's the case. I think I can see Takeshita being the fifth man in the probable blood and guts match that we're gonna we're gonna see soon, hopefully. But I don't actually mean that doesn't mean to say he's gonna be the BC, the BCC. I think Callis is gonna slowly build his own uh, faction. Uh, I think he's gonna take a bunch of youngsters on and kind of. Uh, create a faction that's going to rival uh, the elite. I could see him taking on guys like uh, maybe the Gun Club. Um, I could maybe see them or um, probably also, I'd love to see him take Ricky Starks. They're a, I mean, it's a, it's a risky one because you would mm. probably want to keep Ricky Starks as a baby face. But I feel Ricky Starks needs a bit of help. He is a big star. He is he is very over. There's still something there he needs. And I think turning heel and putting him with Callis could be that. Uh, could be the could be the thing that propels him. And Callis can promote him as the the guy that's going to take the mantle off Kenny Omega as the god of wrestling. It's an interesting theory. I, I mean, like off the the back of Double or Nothing. Uh, or certainly off the back of he's he's beat down by uh, Bullet Club Gold. Uh, it seems like FTR are kind of aligning themselves with Ricky Starks there. Aye. Uh, so it might be a wee while before there's a kind of a, a heel turn for him. But it's, it's interesting, you know, a, a Don Callis-led faction that doesn't involve Kenny Omega, that's not involved with it with the BCC. Uh, it's, it's hard for me anyway. It's kind of difficult to see where you put in. I mean, I mean, would you maybe bring Hobbs in something like that? You know, Hobbs, like, aye, that, that would that would make sense. Kind of there's like aye, Hobbs or but I'm also trying to think of someone who's like who can be a great worker. That's got a kind of that can be similar to Omega, and I think starts as someone that meets that mold. Um, it's hard to really. Oh, it's just under me. Will Osprey. 
Osprey bringing the uh, United Empire under Callis. That's, that's an yeah, interesting Yeah, like, like if we can, I mean, they've signed Aussie Open. Mm-hmm. Is that or is that maybe trying to open the door for us, Osprey to, uh, to finally get signed? Because you know they've already had the one big match at Wrestle Kingdom, and f- and of course Forbidden Doors next month. Yep. You know maybe maybe I'm overthinking it, but that that could be a a, a, a line of, you know a storyline progression there. And again, well, with, with that, obviously, you get Takeshi out of there. There's the, the Japanese link, the the, uh, the New Japan stuff with uh, uh, with uh, Osprey and Aussie Open and everything. So that's that's not out with the realms of possibility. Billy, yeah. what, what, what's your take on that? What, what do you think of uh, Callis's despicable uh, despicableness, I suppose, uh, over the last wee while in, in regards to Kenny Omega? I'm going to take your word for it, guys. I don't watch the AW. So, uh, um, but when you're mentioning names, like the ones that were, were like big hearing the buzz on Twitter and online, uh, I don't know if this would be a, a name to throw out there, but what about Jay White? Wasn't he supposed to be yeah, kind of a very big deal? The, the, I mean, I, there was history there with Osprey because he was, or not anyway, Omega. Um, Omega actually wanted to bring him into Bullet Club. He said no. Then six months later, I think he. He branched off and made his own bullet club, and then uh, I think they were planning a big feud, but but that's when the AW started and they branched out there. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, and now he's in, uh, he's in AW. So yeah, that could another big one they could reopen. So so Cal is basically taking the the reins of, of managing Bullet Club Gold then, and then bring Takeshi into that. Good opportunity to bring in any of the other Japanese ones. You know, break Kenny Omega's heart completely. Bring in Ibushi. But, you know, Aye, like that would. Because like, well, we don't know what's going on with Abushi. You would have thought by now AEW would have brought him on. Because I mean, you would think Omega would desperately want his best mate. Um, it's, it's interesting times. And what about you know in regards to the elite? You know they they suffered that defeat uh, at the in the Anarchy in the Arena match. It seemed like they're back on you know on the on the same page in regards to, to Hangman Page being being back aligned with them. Where, where do you see things going for for the elite at the moment? Off the back of that, I think, uh, I think they'll get the revenge in the blood, the blood and guts uh, match because this is how it plays out. They, they won the BCC won one, so obviously the Leech now got to get the re- the revenge. The more interesting thing is who's the fifth man going to be? Could it be a Bushy? That would that that's the one that, that makes change, or do they? I, I, I guess there's Adam Cole, but he's got the feud with Jericho on the go as well. So that I think that might rule him out. Um as a whole, I think they need they need they need to get something going with Hangman again. He had a bit of a disappointing title run. They need uh, he lost a bit of traction. He did pick up a wee bit with that that big blood feud he had with Moxley, but now it's kind of regressed again. Because mm. he is an eternal fan favourite, but they need to do big for him again to get him moving if they want to get him back and hit the main event scene because he would be a lot of people's pick to end MGF's title feud but it's got to be at a time where he's he's, he's been booked strong and he's got a lot of momentum behind him to do it Yep, it's certainly interesting times and you know we go from uh, Omega at the end of uh, you know in, in one of the interviews after or I think it was maybe his address to the crowd at the, at the end of Double or Nothing he was saying he had a few people, a few friends outside the AEW that he could he could perhaps call on. And going from, you know, that friendship side of things, 
we'll go over to Billy now, who is, I think, is going to tell us about a bit of family drama uh, that's going on on the other side of wrestling for, the, for your pick. For yes. Page. So my pick is uh, Roman Reigns hitting 1,000 days on the same night that the Bloodline flatlines. That's the, the wee headline grabber for you. So, of course, at Night of Champions, we saw the tag team main event being Roman Reigns and Sola Sokoa against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, all going as you'd expect during the match. Uh, Usos came out and mistakenly super kicked Sola Sokoa. Roman Reigns wasn't happy with that. Jimmy Uso super kicks Roman Reigns. And this is where this, this a lot of people were saying that after WrestleMania, of course, the, the bloodline is kind of just kind of petering on now because it should have been Cody Rhodes and uh, winning the title and ending the bloodline at that point, finishing his story. But we're now we've now went back into another gear. It's, there was a little bit of a little bit of a lull, letting people just just settle in at the at this development that Roman Reigns is still going to be uh, the Universal World Heavyweight Champion, whatever you want to call it. And now we're we're kicking back up again, just in time for I don't know, maybe Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso at Money in the Bank. Uh, we've, we've still got unfinished business with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. Uh, there's so many still, there's so much still left in this Roman Reigns title run. And even now, well, you're going to see it in two weeks when Roman Reigns goes past 434 days as WWE champion and uh, beating being uh, that old guy CM Punk's record. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting time, and it's it's really it's, the Roman Reigns empire is still going strong and. It's going to be very interesting to see how this develops now. It's it's a credit to everybody involved in the whole Bloodline saga that it's gone on so long and it's kept the, the momentum and the attention for so long. No, obviously there was a post-WrestleMania post lull with it, uh, but the, the match at Night of Champions at the weekend was just unreal. The, the drama, the the soap opera of it all was just, was just immense. And even going into it, you knew that, that there was going to be shenanigans. You knew that the Usos were going to get involved at some point. Uh, and, you know, the going for the double super kick in Sammy, who was over like Rover, like that, that was the, the action that Sammy Zayn got. But, you know, speaking Arabic, you know, it obviously has, you know, dif- difficult political affiliation and all that that goes on with him going to Saudi Arabia. Then he come out to such a rapturous applause uh, and then be, be you know, the, the focal point of that double super kick that takes out Solo and then you've got the the drama of of Jimmy coming in and just blittering the head off Roman as well, uh, and all the aftermath of it. It was it was so well done, so so well done, and it's just continuing the fact that the the bloodline is the 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 best story in wrestling going at the minute. Absolutely, and think of all the things that's happened this weekend with your double or nothing, with your NXT battleground, and I I, I can tell you as a, as a fan anyway, when Sami Zayn came out. In his his robe, and he had the belts and that reaction. I, I I've I've been watching wrestling for twenty years now, and I I have a, a tear in my eye watching Sami Zayn enter. I, uh, it, it was just amazing. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of I didn't watch all of Night of Champions. I did get into watching that match because I heard of, of, of what's happening. I actually got a wee bit emotional seeing mm. him come out with the, with the full robe on and getting that big reaction because I know. As you said, Chris, that whole political affiliation—you would, you, uh, you, you almost felt that he was cast aside almost for that uh, when that was going on. And now to bring him in and see him get that reaction 
uh, and then get that massive pop when he was speaking Arabic in the introduction. It was brilliant to see. It, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And it just, where it goes from here, there's so many branches, so many little ways they think could go. You know, we, we could very well end up seeing, you know, Roman still being champion in a, a year's time. Uh, we could see Jimmy take it off him. We could see Jay take it off him. There's just there's, we could see Solo take it off him as well. There, there's just there's so much still left to be told in that story, and for that reason, that's mm -hmm. why uh, that Billy you are going to get the front page with the headline: "The Bloodline Flatlines and Blood Money Beauty." Uh, is what I'm going to give the headline of that one there. Uh, so we'll move on to the back page now. Now we, we spoke about you know the uh, the biggest uh, news stories, biggest and best news stories of the week, but this. For the back page is going to be the most entertaining match, the the action that Drew is in and spat us out. Uh, very, very happy at the end of it. Uh, so coming to you on this one first, Billy, what would your pick for match of the week be? I'm fairly certain I know what what uh, my my competitor here is going to choose, but uh, I'm, I'm going to pick... I've, I watched All Night Champions. I watched a bit of Battleground, but for me, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins... They opened the show at Night of Champions, had a point to prove, and they went out and proved that there's two more important matches when it comes to a wrestling show. There's the main event, and then there's your opening match. And even though they didn't get the main event, they wrestled like it was the main event. Yeah. And even though the championship questionable in its motive, why it's there, uh, they certainly made it count. This is, just, this is the inaugural match for that belt, and they wrestled like it was. The biggest prize on that show. Yep, I mean AJ came out uh, the other week there in an interview and and deemed it as a secondary title, but the the showing that that he, he showed out with on Saturday, he didn't approach it as if it was a secondary title. He went for it. He went hard uh, to try and win that. Uh, and I think you know across across the weekend, I found that there was a lot of matches that had great moments and great spots in it, but bell to bell. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that with my dinner uh, on Saturday night, which is something that you very rarely are able to do with a WWE show. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I loved I, I, I said, political things aside, I don't mind a Saudi show because it starts at 7 and I get to go to bed before 10. And as a, as a father of a 10-month-old, I will take that every day. Yeah, you you can't beat it, especially you know the, the older they get, if there's that that chance for you to watch the the mm -hmm. the, the shows we have kids. You know, I, I had my daughter Evie, she was watching it. I took her to the, the WWE show in Belfast a few weeks ago, and she is now besotted with Seth Rollins. I don't know if it's mainly because of the brothers called Seth as well, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, she she sat at peace and she watched and she was you know she was getting right into the the match with with AJ the other night there as well. Uh, do you think that the decision to put the belt on Seth as opposed to AJ was the right one to do? Do you think that was the, the right way to go? Uh, yes, because Seth is... Because AJ's just came back from injury. I think he still need As as much as it would have been cool to see AJ win it and then he would have had to obviously hop to Raw and then the rest of the OC would have just floated into obscurity as mm. they seemed to have done when he was injured. Seth has been the most consistent when it comes to getting a, a reaction. And of course, he's going to be taking time away if he's, if he's doing Captain America 4, but as long as his Mondays are, are open, then we're still going to get back, like, I was going to use bangers, like I'm, like I'm a <laughs> teenager. But we're going to get bangers of matches every Monday 
regardless. So, yeah, he's going to take time off because of Captain America 4, which I'm excited for. But he's going to be there consistently every Monday with that belt. And he's getting the biggest reactions in the room outside of um, Sammy, outside of Roman. He's, he is there as a guy that uh, Cody as well, of course, with the big woes. But uh, yeah, when it comes to crowd reaction, Seth's been in a title for for years now. And he hasn't been... Have, and he's the only guy, really, that's beaten Roman one-on-one. It was yeah. by DQ. But it win counts. Yeah, and Steve, uh, obviously, you know, Seth's got a, a lot going for them at the moment. What do you see AJ Styles' future? Uh, as you know, over than SmackDown, do you think he's going to get involved in any of the Bloodline stuff? Is that a potential? Are they, do you think they'll transition him to the Intercontinental stuff against Gunther? How, um, how do you how do you play that? Either way, I think AJ is going to be fine. Like it's AJ Styles; he's one of the best wrestlers of the past 20, 25 years. He's going to be fine. I'm not only saying he's probably one of the very few main event guys that that's yet to challenge Roman. Mm-hmm. I think I think he might be right. I, I don't Aye, remember it's... him. Yeah, so you would you would think that that's at least someone that they've got there to fill a bit of time until we eventually they eventually decide on who's going to be the uh, the guy that the dethrones him. I don't get, I don't think it would be um a much as good as AJ Styles as it would make sense for it to to be him to de- dethrone uh, Roman. So, um, but you know, I, I think he he is deserving of a match against Roman, maybe against. Maybe it's SummerSlam, uh, maybe further down the line, something like, um, like Hell in a Cell, or yeah, you know, one I, of those. I would say that's just... solid Royal Rumble match. That's your solid Royal Rumble match. Uh, there you go. Aye. Aye, that, yeah. there, there you go. So, aye, that's a, that's a good that, that's a good solid Royal Rumble main event. We also mentioned uh, Gunter. Aye, that would be fuck. That would be a band burner. I would love that um, because AJ would sell like crazy for Gunter. Um, I, I'm one of my favourite recent WWE matches was Survivor Series 2018. I want to say AJ against uh, Brock, uh, the champion versus champion match, and uh, that that was a belter of a match. And I could see that uh, a Gunter AJ match being something along the the similar veins because AJ can just sell like crazy for Gunter. And again, you've got the you've got you know AJ and Low C against Gunter and the Vesta Imperium as well. So there's lo- again loads of yep. new branch offs that you can get with that. Um, and what about yourself, Steve? Outside of uh, WWE, uh, I think you're going to probably go down the double or nothing here. But what would be your match of the week to adorn the back page of the daft sheet? Well, my match was also for a world title, but ain't no secondary one. It's uh, the Triple B baby, the AEW World Championship. Uh, and it's of course the four pillars match, fatal uh, uh, four corners match between Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and the champ MJF. And my god, what a bright match! The storytelling on here was fantastic. Um, taking a lot of notes, I'll try and be as brief as I can with it. Um, but MJF, man. Just when you just when you you think they can't do anything more to impress you, it just does it again. It's just the wee things like yeah. his, his facial expressions in every match, the way he growls, the way he shouts and complains, swears at the referee, you know, um, making noise at all times, 
you know, shouting at the fans. It's just brilliant. He's non-stop. The energy he's got is phenomenal. And, you know, he's in there with three guys that, um, yes, there's, there's a lot to be refined with those guys. They, they can be perceived as just flippy guys, but that doesn't mean uh, uh, that what they do isn't worth seeing. It's just brilliant, you know, um, uh, it's, it's it's almost it's almost hard to, to know where to, where to begin with it because it's just just a brilliant action packed match. Um, stuff that pointed out as well was I'll tell you what my favourite spot was actually was the four guys actually hitting their ment their mentors uh, finishers. So that aye, was a brilliant spot. Moves, aye. Aye, aye, that, was, that was nearly well done. Aye, Darby did Sting's uh, death drop. Jungle Boy did Christian's. Uh, kill switch, yeah, kill switch. I uh, and you know, and MGF did uh, Cody's move, which is brilliant. Nice. And I, it's it was just brilliant to see. Um, I think Sally loved, did the uh, uh, put the the walls of death on somebody. Code breaker. I, I because Darby also did the the Scorpion death lock later on as well. That was another great spot. MGF looked like he was actually about to tap, and Jungle Boy grabbed his hands. Says, "No, you don't. No, you will not." Like, that was another great spot. I just love the, the bit with the, the four of them all in the, the, the four way submission move as well. Yeah, you know, was it like a snare trap? And uh, there, there was just a, they were all basically one big knot in the middle of the ring. Uh, at one point, Aye. uh, it was really cool. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know a lot of people would say it was just another glorified indie spot face with blatantly planned, planned spots. And okay, there's a bit of proof, proof to that. There was, uh, there were. One too many Canadian destroyers for my liking, but look, it was it was it was four guys going out there, still very young. But let's not forget that it's, we're talking about the future AEW here, going out all out and proving why their main eventers and why they're going to be the 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 guys that carry this company for the next five to ten years, and they did a superb job. Um, the thing I want to f- finish on was the end was brilliant. MGF getting the belt. And putting it on Sammy as Darby was doing the coffin drop, and then uh, landing his head right on the belt, knocking him out, and then third insult to injury. MGF for the second time does the headlock takeover to Darby, so he's pinned him now twice using a headlock take uh, takeover, and that's you know got to really piss Darby off. Yeah, kayfabe wise, and it's got me thinking. Is that the seed being planted for Darby to be, guy, to be the guy that dethrones MGF? And is he going to do it with a headlock take takedown? I will answer that with, with my opinion, which I think is no. Uh, <laughs> as much as I enjoyed that match as well, I just didn't feel like it was uh, for a World Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, I, I I did really enjoy it. I enjoyed a lot of the, the, the spots. I enjoyed the, the build to it as well. But I just think is like MGF is the only one of those four that is ready and deserves to be be, be carrying the the, the title. Uh, yeah, and I, th- I think that's what was the problem with the match as well. Who, as much as as great as it was, we all knew MGF was not I, not losing that match. Yep. And again, uh, you know, in the, the press conference afterwards, uh, MGF was you know as usual running his mouth talking about maybe going to WWE as well. Uh, as as uh, tonight's designated WWE fan, Billy, would you like to see MJF uh, in in the Fed? 
Um, before, before I get to that, just because I know there's going to be some some nerds that will will grumble at you about this, but uh, Imperium are on Raw, AJ's on SmackDown, so oh. just 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 <laughs> oh, just in case, <laughs> get Survivor Series absolutely dethrone Theory, and and we'll get Styles and Gunther at Survivor Series. Anyway, um, but MJF and WWE. I'm just saying, I'm saving you back here, Chris, because I know there's going to be right. some nerd that will like that. Um, if, if that's yeah, the worst so... they've got to come after me for, then happy days, Billy. Happy days. <laughs> uh, MGF and WWE, though. Um, from what I've seen, I said my very limited uh, time watching AEW, um, when I have watched it, I'm mostly a GIF watcher when it comes to AEW, which is what they seem to go for, so it works. Um, you can talk. I would just be interested to see, he seems to have a lot of creative freedom to mm-hmm. say what he wants and swear and do all that kind of stuff. I don't know. He would have, there would be a big adjustment pe- way for a period for him to rein in MGF, but keep the MGF aura at the same time. And I don't, I, 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 I'm sure he could probably do that. Uh, if he's got guys that are there already, like your Cody, I uh, would probably be, be, telling them right this is this is how it would work this would be the system this would be how you, this is how you would kind of fit in if you do this kind of thing so i've, I've no doubt even was he 25 26 something like that he's still so he's still ridiculously young and it, it, by by the time he's 30 he's probably going to be uh world champion and it, well probably hasn't dethroned roman reigns he'll still be going strong but uh yeah, everyone's got the potential in the world as long as he goes in with the right attitude and and tries and doesn't just go in thinking he'll just be MJF. He, he might have to adjust and he's young. Sure he can. Why not? The sky is limit. So with that in mind, for the back page, uh, I think I, I'm going to go with you, Steve, on this one. I think we're going to go yes. uh, with the, the fourth pillars. Uh and, you know, putting my bit of opinion into the headline here, I'm going to give this one the headline. Pillars credit all maxed out. Max for MJF, obviously. Because uh, I think that, you know, of the four of them, the only one with the, the proper, proper upside is, is MJF. But that's just yeah. me taking editorial control of that. Now, speaking of editorial, uh, this is the part where uh, Steve and Billy are going to take a break and you are going to hear me conduct a fairly awkward uh, interview with a former NXT UK star, that being Myla Grace. Now, Myla Grace is, you know, a good friend of mine. When I I was doing this, you know, coming up with this podcast, I thought, you know, I'll call in a favour and see uh, who I can get to come on. And luckily enough, Myla Grace, who is pictured behind me in my uh, Zoom profile here, kicking me in the head. Uh, I I had my first ever singles match as a wrestler against Myla. and I spoke with her a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what it was like uh, being part of NXT UK, how she's adapted to work in the Indies across Europe. Uh, and there's also a bit of awkward chat at the start of it about how she got to the office we were recording it in. Uh, so I have absolutely no doubt that once NXT Europe's back up and running, Myla Grace is probably going to be one of the, the, the females at the forefront of uh, the, the Fed's dip into Europe. Uh, but for the next 10 minutes, she is at the forefront of this podcast. So here is uh, me speaking with Myla Grace. So Myla Grace, thanks for uh, coming along. How, how did you get here today? Like, 
how did I physically get to the Aye. studio today? Like, what, what was your, your travel routine this morning oh, getting here? Well, I got the car, dropped my dog off at my in-law's house and then got the sat-nav ready and drove here. Very little hours. I found it like pretty smoothly-ish for me. <laughs> Even though my directions put yeah. you in the wrong car park. Yeah. <laughs> I did try and go in the wrong car park and I had to reverse out very awkwardly and almost didn't make it in, but... I got here in the end, so... <laughs> is that how, like, you would normally get about? You'd normally, like, drive places? Like, what, when you are, like, saying you're going to, like, training or shows or anything you're driving to, like, would do you use that time to kind of get your head together, get in, get in the mindset, or is it just that you're relaxing time? Uh, when I drive, I usually try and use that time to listen to music that, like, either gets me, like, super pumped up or motivated or, like, in, like, a really good mu- mood. Um, or sometimes I'll just have no music and I will cut promos to myself and <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I get weird looks from the people in the cars next to me but I just I, I like being on my own in the car so I hate actually driving but I do enjoy having that like time to myself to just sing or cut promos to myself so, without judgment so if you if you were driving along today and you get stopped at like lights for the ages and ages what kind of promo would you be cutting what would you be uh, I wouldn't be cutting a promo on the lights. I, I would just, sometimes when I start driving, I would think of like a scenario in wrestling and I'm like, right, okay, this is this is real life, you know, go for it, you know, talk about the situation. <laughs> so I'll just like make up that like, I don't know, maybe I have like a certain match or something coming up and and then I'll just go in on that person and cut a promo on it. So yeah, not <laughs> but not on the traffic lights. That's, that's weird. I'm not that weird. <laughs> do you ever like pull pull inspiration for cutting promos from the the like say you know if you were like stuck in traffic or someone cut you up would that kind of would, would you call on that that kind of feeling that you had and put that in there a promo you know I've had times where um when I've been driving and people haven't been the nicest drivers and I've I've de- definitely let a few lines slip on them and but um. I usually can never really recycle it back into wrestling because <laughs> it's probably some granny and then I feel really bad afterwards. <laughs> and, you know, if you're you're driving here to City Keys or driving to a show or anything like that, if, if you're using that time to practice, then, you know, that, that's, you know, it's showing you how much how, or how in tune you are with yourself as a wrestler. You know, the fact that you're, you're bringing that into you, the, the smallest parts of your day. Yeah. Yeah, but I use... I'm probably sometimes a bit, like, too obsessed with what I do like literally everything that I do throughout my day somehow is deep down like trying to benefit my wrestling in some way whether it's like going to the gym or even if like I'm meditating like everything I do is in some way to better me or get me further in my wrestling career like it's it's literally like everything that I do and it's uh, certainly worked because you've uh, managed to make it pretty much as far as anyone would expect you to do, making it all the way to the WWE with uh, NXT UK, and you had a, a really good concentrated amount of time there uh, before, unfortunately, being uh, future endeavoured uh, in then about August last year. What was it like for you as a performer to go from the, the highs of being part of the, the WWE to, to being let go and, and not know what your future in, in wrestling would be? Obviously, it was really sad. Um, I loved going to London and I loved all the people I met and I love training with WWE and, and all the experiences it was amazing but I I really do believe that everything happens for a reason and that this time off is just giving me all these other opportunities mm-hmm. outside so that when the day comes that I go back that I'm even better than before that I'm 
I'm going to be the main. I'm not just the WWE superstar. That I'm going to be the superstar. Yeah. Um, and I really do believe that even though it's been hard and there's some days where, you know, I feel a bit sad and I'm like, oh, I really wish that I was here. I do know that it's all just part of the process and that I'm just on the journey of becoming who I need, who I want to be. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to just be someone, someone else on the roster. I want to be a top star. So I just believe that it's just the journey and the helping me create that star that I want to be. And the fact that you know Myla Grace has the the WWE uh, you know name attached to to you as a wrestler and as a character, what kind of other roads has that has that affiliation been able to take you on? You know, you've I know that you've wrestled you know across Europe and you're over in Scotland and England quite regularly. Like, what what's that experience been like for you? You know, sort of being st- still able to make a living off of the the WWE name, so to speak. Well, I was very fortunate because loads of people are like, how, you know, can you give me some advice on how to get bookings here and there? And I'm like, I didn't actually do anything. Like, these people have just came to me. Um, like, when WWE was coming to an end, I was invited to go to Poland. And then it, when I was in Poland, they were talking to me about how they have this really big show and they bring all these massive stars from around the world. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to make sure that I make such a good impression because I want to be on this big show. Um, so then I was getting to do Poland and then Italy and they just they just kept asking me in France and um, I've, I, I think I ended up doing like 10 countries in the space of like six months or something. Wow. Um, it was very, very tiring, but it was, obviously it was amazing. I was getting to see all these amazing cities and meet these amazing people and, and it's given me a lot more experience in wrestling. So every time that I wrestle, I do believe that I'm, I'm better each time. So mm-hmm. I think like... From the last time I was on WWE TVs, and I am like a whole different gravy. Like I'm so much better, um, but it has it has opened so much doors for me. Like I I've been wrestling every weekend, multiple times a weekend. Like there's some weekends where I have like a few promoters asking, and I have to either pick, you know, what's the best option, or else I'll go to one country and fly from that country to the next, <laughs> and then I'll be sick the rest of the week because I'm run down. But it's I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm just feel very very lucky. And are the, the promoters and, and all these like European uh, promotions, how accommodating are they, you know, of getting you into, you know, say Poland and then going to like Italy or Spain or, or whatever? Like, do they do they assist you like in terms of like booking flights for you and accommodation and things, or is that very much left up to yourself and you kind of like they would usually, them a bit? They, they would usually book it all for me. I have had occasions like the companies that I've worked with regularly, I'm like can I book the flights so I can pick flights that are uh, the best option? Um, but mostly they do it for me, so I don't really have to worry about it too much, which is which is great. Cool, cool. And in, in terms of the, you know, traveling between sort of like Germany, Poland, everywhere that you've been, do you find that there's a sort of a, a universal language of wrestling? Because obviously you're going up against people from different countries maybe don't speak english or maybe you don't speak their languages that kind of thing how easy is it to to put matches together with with people that they don't speak the same language as you uh sometimes it's quite difficult when they don't have any english at all but sometimes they usually have like enough and if not you can always like say oh you know this move that this wrestler does and then it'll click because we all know we all know like wwe and we all know their wrestlers so if you say oh you know what 
the Kevin Owens and then they'll know what move I'm talking about or you know breaking out stunners and yeah. top up sentons and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> I mean that's never been my scenario as much as I love Kevin Owens where you're very different <laughs> wrestlers but uh you know what I mean you can usually like say oh a wrestler and then they'll know yeah 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 I know what move you're talking about so um it is kind of universal in that sense but the in-betweens it can be hard when you're just trying to put some certain things together but it, it usually works out fine in the end it's just a little bit tougher than obviously speaking to someone who who has the same accent as you yeah and do you find as well like i know that like some of the promotions that you've worked for across europe like uh, siw in italy have you done wxw in germany yet no, no? not yet how, how does performing in those shows differ from the nxt uk stuff that you did what what are they like how how do the show days differ um actually siw is a lot tougher than what wwe is believe it or not <laughs> um you usually go to there they have like a training facility um you're usually there from like 9 a.m and you're there all day and sometimes you're taping like three shows um and you have very little sleep so i've actually found siw is a lot tougher than wwe but most of the other promotions that i do usually you know you'll get there midday and you can Get, get ready at the hotel and come or else get ready while you're there and and it's usually a lot more chill um than what it would be but siw <laughs> they're a bad example because they're there's their days are crazy but usually it's a lot easier and then after the show you can maybe go and see the city and try their you know their famous cuisine and stuff and <laughs> that's what i'm all about i love food so <laughs> Big thank you to, to her for coming on the this uh, maiden episode of The Daft Sheet. Uh, and if you're a fan of Miley Grace, you can probably find our matches on uh, the, the WWE Network if NXT UK is still on there. If you are a fan of international wrestling, she's on. she's been on OTT shows over the last weekend. And there's probably uh, a video of her kicking me in the dish somewhere on YouTube as well. So we will crack on with the next pages of the daft sheet and the one that we're looking to fill just now is the one that would usually set uh boys of a certain ages hearts are fluttered it's page three and we are looking for the most titillating uh and juiciest bits of gossip to fill that uh this week so uh, i'll start with you on this one steve what is your uh juiciest bit of gossip to put in the paper well another big development or big happening uh from the fallout of double or nothing was the shock of Chris Statlander returning and winning the TBS title from Jade Cargo. Um, the the, the rumour now has it that it's been planned for some time that Chris was going to win the title from Cargo. Um, I'm delighted for her. It's the one that makes the most sense because I think she was the one that was always presented as having the most threat uh, uh, for Jade and she's a big fan favourite as well. So... I was really happy to see that happening. But there, there, there's further kind of uh, developments or plans in place for this. Bigger things are really getting planned for uh, Jade Cargo. Apparently, um, TBS loves her. Mm. TBS being the, the network that carries um, AW in the, in, in the States. And they really want AW to push, uh, push the boat out for her to the to the point that they may even want, she may even become the face of AEW, maybe, maybe even more so than MJF. 
um, because it's, it makes sense. She's so marketable. She's um, she's really charismatic as well. I think she. I think it's had a professional dance background she's got or something like that. Mm. Um, I think she was. She used to also be a, a cheerleader for the. I want to say the the Chicago Bulls or something like that. As well, so she's got all this kind of athletic background. But top of that, I only found this out from watching the pay per view on Sunday. She's actually married with a uh, with a daughter. Yeah, her daughter's in uh, at quite a lot of the shows. I think uh, that's right. There's been a few times. I think it's been like every tenth win and her sneak. She's something like like that. Yeah, with kid or something. Yeah, she she, she's also got that marketability. Like there's an inspirational story there. She's a working mother. Who became a professional wrestler? You, you, you can imagine, like, if they're making a documentary about her, like a behind, behind the scenes thing or a reality show, that's the kind of thing that they'll they'll market uh, uh, with her. So I, I think, in, uh, I think inevitably, um, we're going to see a lot more Jade Cargo. I think she'll be the, the possibly be maybe be the women's champion by Wembley. Um, Fivel Select have said that she actually, she's actually going to take a bit of a break for a month. Yeah. I think that's a good thing for her, you know, uh, give her a wee bit of break to heal from losing the tight the the title. Um, because also with Forbidden Door coming up as well. Um, the whole New Japan influx. It's maybe have it's best to maybe have her out the way for a wee bit, and then when we build up towards uh, All In, uh, when I think. She's going to get full. She's going to take full charge of getting the uh, the women's title. And I think when she does get it, it could happen at Wembley, and she's probably going to hold it for a, a long time. And I'd love that because you're talking about feuds with Jamie Hayter, with uh, Shida, with you know the big one, of course, would be would be Brett Baker. That one's got money written all over it. The promos alone will be fucking brilliant. Aye, I mean, like it's it's no secret that. The women's divisions in AEW don't get the, uh, the the sort of the the promotion that they probably should be getting. Uh, you know they they've tried with the all access show to make Britt Baker, you know, a bit more relevant. But again, yeah. on the main show that the majority of fans watch, they're still only getting you know one segment, one match a, a week on there. Uh, with Jade, she definitely does have the upside. I still think. I mean, she's sixty and all. But I mean, how many of those have been squashes? How many of those have aye, been proper competitive matches? And maybe aye, that's aye. what's stopped her from being in food so far with the likes of aye. and uh, Saraya and the, the the more established women on there. I mean, she's definitely a powerhouse. She's definitely marketable. You know, strong, mm-hmm. independent black women as the the face of a of, of any company on on US television is a is aye. always going to be a plus point. Aye, I uh, think, like. I think as well, they've seen the success WWE's had with Bianca Belair, and I think they want to replicate that a wee bit as well. Yeah. And uh, the, what was I was going to say, um, if they can sign Mercedes, Mercedes Monet and mm. get get them in a few, Jesus Christ, that is, that's got millions written on it. Yep. And again, look at, looking at uh, Chris Statlander as well, you know, from a, a slightly odd introduction to AEW, uh, with her, you know, coming in as a, an alien and uh, aligning herself with best friends and, and everything like that, to being someone that the fans really, really got behind at Double or Nothing. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where she takes that and the kind of feuds that she gets into. Is she going to well, be she further the, than about she get the, the pop of the night? Sorry? She get the pop of the night? I should get a huge pop, Aye. huge pop. But again, when as a, as a babyface champion, 
you know, there's there's a good run of of heels that she can be going up against. But do you want her going up against the likes of you know Layla Gray, Red Velvet, all that kind of mob, or would you rather see her going up against the likes of, uh, you know, the the Outcasts, the Riot, Thunder uh, Rosa's back, so it's it's interesting. And uh, what about yourself, Billy? Uh, going from uh, going from AEW, I'm assuming back to WWE here. Uh, what would you say has been the the juiciest and most titillating bit of bit of gossip this week? Well, it, it, I don't think I'm going to top that because that is a pretty that's a solid pick. That's a really good pick. Um, I did have a pick planned out, which is the one I'm going to use first because that's 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 what I'm going to put forward. But uh, Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera really swooping in with the 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 big news uh, before we we've hit record here. Oh, don't break with my heart. baby on the way in December. Don't break my heart. <laughs> I know. We're, well, we're, I've we're actually, I, I've I've missed this. I briefly saw uh, a message Stephen sent me earlier uh, saying that uh, that he was going to be in mourning uh, because of this uh, news. But I've I've, mi- I've missed out on the full uh, full announcement. Oh, so what, what was it there, Billy? Uh, well, it's not my pick, so but I'll just briefly say it. It's December twenty twenty three. Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera are expecting their first child. Ah, congratulations to and, the, uh, the other blisses. I've, I've said Alexa. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> We've set it off. We've set it off. Oh, cool. yeah. Right, okay, that's the shot now. But my actual pick, my actual pick, um, like I said, it's not, not going to top that, I think, but it's it's the rumour mill going around that before Dakota Kai's injury, they were going to be reforming Team Kick, uh, which the tag team division in the women's division in the WWE, it, it flounders very, very often. And with the fact that it looks like we're going to see Io Shirai and Bailey at some point um, split off in damage control to face each other, because there seems to be some tension there. To see Dakota Kai and, and Tegan Knox, Knox actually doing something mm-hmm. uh, as well and seeing Team Kick reunite, I thought that was that was quite a nice nice little story, but unfortunately it's not to be right now because Dakota Kai is injured and it sounds like a pretty nasty injury. I don't yeah. know what it is exactly, but it's going to be out for a while. Um, but I just thought it was very interesting that it seems to be there is plans in place to start making actual teams reform and come back together and and try and make something of this this cursed uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Division. Um, so yeah, just, just a nice little story that I throw in. But yeah, it's Gibby Jade. I, I know I, I'm very aware that it's Gibby Jade Cargill that's going to be uh, in the page three section, which is absolutely fair because look at her. I think you know the the word that you use there, uh, cursed. I think that is very apt for the the women's tag division because it just seems like that anytime it feels like anyone and it's building up some sort of momentum, it just gets taken away for whatever reason. Know, whether that's injury, whether it's you know everything that went on with Naomi and Sasha last year, obviously Liv Morgan, uh, she was really the only needing you know something, you know off the the back of quite a a wet fart of a, a championship run last year or uh, towards the end of last year she was the only needing something to build her back up. And now she's injured. Uh, Keegan Knox and Dakota Kai, you know it's it's a great pairing we've seen in the past. It's a great pairing, but again you know. Obviously, Dakota's injured just now with Tegan Knox's injury history as well. How long is she going to stay fit? Is she going to be able to stay relevant while Dakota's away? You know, all that sort of stuff, it, it all plays into it. But I do I do like the way that they have been pairing, uh, pairing the teams up recently. Uh, I'm quite interested to see where this Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green uh, combination goes. Uh, it's... 
Uh, I, I, I like Chelsea Green's sort of Karen type character, and it's just one of those annoying ones that uh, it just gets to you, like kind of like you know with the the, the maximum male models uh, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hadn't seen much of them. Still doing that. Uh, aye, it's it's still going on. It's it was one of the most over things at the Belfast WWE show the other week there, because uh, they they came out uh, just after the interval and said they were going to do a five minute pose, and they just stood in the ring stock still for three and a half minutes until uh, mm-hmm. I mean until uh, Alpha Academy came out. Is it still Alpha Academy? Can't remember. But until they but came I love out, Alpha Academy, their class. But uh, the the the. The booze that they were getting from everyone and and stuff like that, it was good. And I see, I could probably see uh, Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville being that kind of antagonistic, smart arse, smug kind of team there as well. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, obviously, we we hope that Dakota, the cover storm of injury, comes back and Team Kick can come in and kick arse. But unfortunately, Billy, I'm going to give uh, Page Three to Steve on this occasion, and the headline. That we're gonna go with for this one is Jade Chris's TBS title goodbye. So we're gonna go with that. Uh, and congratulations, Alexa and Ryan. One, I've just remembered that I had a really good headline if I had gone with the, the Don Callis and Takesha stuff, and it was uh Konsuke and Callis take a shitter on the elite. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it, uh, it didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll now move on to one of the the first things that anybody goes to the newspaper for, or used to do back in the nineties when I used to deliver the newspapers, uh, which was the television pages. What are the most wrestling related things that our listeners of the Daft Sheet should go out and seek to put in their eyeballs this week? Billy, I'll come to you first. What's the what would you say is the the, the most must see wrestling related thing of the week? I think I'm cheating here with my pick, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, because there's a little movie that's that's number one in the cinema. I don't know if it's probably number two now behind. Well, no, you can still use Fast X, maybe. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, of course, with Big Dave Batista as Drax. It is the most beautiful ending of a trilogy of films you may ever see. Yeah. And I'm watching back Volume 1 and 2 now for another podcast I'm doing um, shortly. And it's it's just a it's a wonderful trilogy and and especially big dave at the moment he's he's getting a lot of plaudits for being an actor and not mm-hmm. what the rock's doing or or even what john cena john cena's doing very well what he's doing peacemakers amazing mm-hmm. um and the rock's getting a lot of of shit at the moment because i i watched black adam a couple of days i didn't finish black <laughs> adam a couple of days ago i should say because it was so bad um and he's of course he's, he's returned in fast fast x sorry spoilers folks sorry uh but guardians volume three oh, amazing film beautiful film and, and batista as drax has been a, a, a wonderful part of that series and everyone should go see it they should go watch all the guardians films you don't need to watch the rest of the mcu stuff you can watch the trilogy and you'll be quite you'll, you'll still understand all the stories so I can card, you know, it's the best Marvel film. It's been out in ages, and it's so refreshing to see one where it's not tied up with another phase four, phase five, phase phase fifty, whatever phase they're now on. Shit tied in it. The long last let James Gunn just do what uh, what he he's good at, and uh, just tell a story with with all the characters um, that he's got. 
There was a theory that I'd seen the other day. Now, I, I've only seen the first two. I only saw, watched the second one about two weeks ago. Uh, and again, very impressed with, with Dave Batista. I love that he's got, uh, was it, he's, he does famously massive turds. Is that the, the quote? <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, just, he does. Uh, <laughs> yes. And his whole pseudo on the spectrum character as well, like they can't tell like social cues and stuff when he's calling, uh, is it is it Mantis or Mantra, whatever the name is, when he keeps basically calling her a, a dog uh, to her face, <laughs> you know, mm. just I, I loved I loved that, but understanding the character and, and that he's, he's not a sociable person at all and it just kind of says it no filter but not in the kind of you know offensive boomer type way but having no filter they just don't think it's a good thing but um, the theory that I'd seen the other day was that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is an allegory for the way that Marvel have treated James Gunn that wouldn't surprise me so basically again I don't really really know the storyline of the the film but it's basically James Gunn is Rocket and, I know what you're referring to, aye. Uh, and basically, uh, they, 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 they need to get Rocket, the, the, the powers that be, or whoever it is, they need to get Rocket back to make things right again, is, is basically the, 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 the summary of this theory. But they're basically aye. saying that they needed to, that Marvel needed to bring James Gunn back to make everything right with Guardians of the Galaxy franchise again. Aye, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that actually makes a lot of sense. It, that's a it's a it's a bold theory, and you could probably correlate it quite well uh, with, with it. So yeah, I, I could see I could see where people could draw that conclusion. But yeah, it's it's it, nobody else could have made that third film. They couldn't yeah. have got anyone. Had to be James Gunn because yeah. he, he knows these characters so well. I, I, I think he's now. I, sorry, I, I think he's now cemented his status as the greatest of all superhero filmmaker. I, I would agree, and mm-hmm. and it, what he's gonna, I'm actually excited to watch a DC film now that he's at the helm of of the DC universe. Um, because I mean, the last few I haven't seen sh- the new Shazam yet. I assume it's not going to be good, but, uh, but oh, okay, cool, that's fine. Uh, but no, but, but there's only been one film I've liked in the DC universe. Like, I know I like the Suicide Squad. Unless oh, I like so two, the Suicide Squad I liked because it was a James Gunn because it's clearly a James Gunn film, and she's the first Shazam. That's about does, it. So, does uh, Batman and Robin? Does that uh, is that in the the DC universe? You know the the Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, is, what, is that what, is that what, part of the DC canon? It's, it's, it's my favorite of our uh, uh, non-factual uh, line. What could the dinosaurs? The Ice Edge? No, it wasn't on. Arnold, it was the asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that, Stephen, we'll come to you. What would be your pick of uh, the stuff that we need to be watching that's wrestling related, but not necessarily wrestling? That's the, why did I try and say that? That's a fucking terrible sentence to try and say. Not, not non wrestling related re- wrestling. Aye, not <laughs> non wrestling related, but not necessarily wrestling. Aye. Okay, so it's a podcast. It's called Behind the Bastards. Ah. Uh, and it's a very popular one. Um, it's, it's about, as you'd imagine, bastards all, all throughout history, Hitler, Stalin, um, uh, that really delves deep, deep, deep into the, those person's, that, that, that person's history, the, you know, the acts and crimes they committed, their early life, 
delving into why they became the person that they did. They've also done ones on Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all the social media assholes that are ruining our lives uh, with their uh, uh, their uh, capitalist uh, agenda, etc. <laughs> um, was this to, to do the wrestling? Well, right now they're doing a series on the one and only Vincent, uh, Mister Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Awesome. Uh, yeah, but it's a it's a six parter. Um, they've got one more episode to go. Episode five, which I've not listened to yet, um, is uh, just got uh, launched this morning. Um, and they've done a great job on it. They've they've really factually checked it, and they've brought in, like things that uh, I didn't know about uh, about Vince. Um, it's just when you think like there's you've you've heard it all. Um, there's more stuff that's been brought to light. You know, they also, you know, shine a light on wrestling as a whole, uh, just all the fucked up shit that's happened, but they also delve deep into the history of the lesson, uh, like how wrestling came to be the way it is, stuff like the Territories era um, as well, but, like, it's the, they've, like, stuff I didn't know about Vince was, like, do you know he was at a, do you know he was, at, he was actually in a broken home? Uh, he only actually changed his name. His 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 first what's his seventeen years of his life. He actually went by a different name. Oh, cool. Um, he didn't change it to McMahon until he started Was working for his dad. I <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, something along that lines. But um, he was basically his his mum was in a, a really bad marriage with this guy, um, and then. When he was old enough, he, he went to he went to military school for a bit. Um, got kicked out because he was acting a dafty, and then he went went tracked down his dad, worked for him a wee bit in the WWWF. That's when he retook the name McMahon, and um, I, I found out that his favourite wrestler, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a he was a fucking lunatic as they all were back then. He was a uh, superstar Billy Graham's older brother. He was a guy that uh, he, he, he rode around in a Harley, um, always with a leather jacket, unfastened and no t-shirt on. So he just went, he just travelled about everywhere, um, fucking uh, topless basically, and and we asked, uh, smoking a cigar, picking up chicks, and Vince uh, would always ride in, in the back with him. So, so this is the this is the guy that he basically learned his trade from. Awesome. And you say that's a six part of that, eh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is, so is it on YouTube deep. or is it on just... you get it on Spotify, you can get it on Apple Podcasts. I think it's on YouTube as well, but I've I only ever listened to it audibly, but I'm sure they've got a YouTube there. It's a big, big it's one of the it's one of the like the it's up there with like Joe Rogan is like like one of the big podcasts that, that comes oh. out weekly. And uh Outside of Vince McMahon, what other wrestling bastards would you like to to find out more about on those podcasts? Uh, they they mention uh, Fritz von Erich. Um, I, I thought you were going to say Fritz all there, and I was like, that would be a really really interesting. I think they, I think they did I, one of them actually. Fritzel's wrestling history that'd be amazing. <laughs> I thought right. they did one of them. Um, but... This novel in world of sport, so I was like, oh, God, this is this could go all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But I, they 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 actually brought up Vince on I was uh, Fritz von Eric on part two I want to say of the Vince podcast like what a fucking scumbag he was he treated his sons horribly well the and 
I also would like to do see them do one because they've they've got that movie that's coming out about Aye. the Von Erich family soon with uh, Zach Efron. MGF's got a small role in as well, so that's going to hit the main, main uh, the mainstream. I can't remember what it's going to be on. I want to say Amazon Prime. I think it's doing it. That's going to carry it here. Aye. I need to no, check I'm looking forward to that film as well. Aye. I think it'll be really interesting because uh, uh, Texas Tornado is one of the the first wrestlers that I ever kind of became Aye. attached to uh, from. Uh, SummerSlam 90 is Mr. Perfect Intercontinental title. That's And it's through this podcast I found out something really messed up. Do you know that he had a prosthetic foot? Yes. Yeah. Do you know that Fritz, his dad, uh, ordered it to, to, drove him to a hospital, got a prosthetic emergency, like an emergency prosthetic put on and made his son still rest, go out and wrestle that night, that's commitment, isn't it? Right, right. Well, because he, he had a sold out show and he was billed as the main event, but he but Kerry was fucking off his tits and painkillers because mm. of it, and he still made him go out and wrestle. So it was sold out, and his soul was out as well. That's, yeah. uh... <laughs> all, all that makes me think of is you know, on uh, Scottish tweets, and there's a the video of the boy with the prosthetic climbing the, the climbing wall, uh huh. Yeah, just a wee boy at the ball, here, pal, your legs fell off, <laughs> love it. Like that, it just it just makes me think of that. But anyway, oh, enough right. of my uh, my mad head about prosthetics. Uh, I think in terms of what I would most like to watch, you know, I I like to watch stuff that's uplifting and funny and stuff. I don't think I'm going to get that, unfortunately, Steve, with uh, with a thing about bastards. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go with Guardians of the Galaxy. So Billy, you yeah. get the the top uh, pick. I, I can't be mad by that. It's a great movie. <laughs> So what we're going to finish on is Dear Dafties, where the two of you are going to turn into an agony ant mm. uh, to uh, to help one of our uh, wrestling-related listeners uh, deal with a, a problem, just like they do in Dear Dear Dear. There's no photo casebook, uh, unfortunately. It is just uh, the letter that's come in. And this week's letter reads like this. Dear Dafties, last year I left my partner to get back with my ex. It was a tough decision, but at the time it felt right for me. And for the last 12 months or so, I've been on top of the world. We had a real purple patch about six months in before I had to spend some time away from her. We rekindled things in January and all was going well until around March when I seemed to have misled the signals I was getting from her. This past weekend, I tried to get back in our good books, but try as I might, I've been left feeling like I've let her down again. Was I wrong to go back to my ex or do you think if I persevere enough, our relationship will become a triumph. Eventually, sorry, will become a triumph eventually. Yours, the grandson of a plumber. So, our uh, letter writer of this week, they are maybe having a bit of buyer's remorse in terms of going back to, to where they once were. Billy, I'll come to you first. What would your advice be to to our, uh, our problem-laden writer? Well, um, I, I, I've never been through it myself, so I, I can't really speak from experience, but it's perseverance. That's got to be the, the thing. There's going to be people that come and go in their, in their life. There's going to be opportunities, possibly, that they could go towards that could could make or break the situation. But the story's got to end. The story is going to be, uh, they're going to complete each chapter as they go. And the ex, if, if, they, if they love them, if the ex loves them, if they love the ex, then it, the the story will 
will be complete and there'll be a fairy tale ending. So perseverance, sir. Perseverance. And yourself, Steve, what, what advice would you give? You make your bed, you sleep in it. <laughs> Simple as that, son. Um, look, uh, the grass ain't always green on the other side. And it seemed to me that the the uh, the partner you had before rejoining with, with your ex was giving you a lot. Seems like she gave you a lot of freedom, a lot of creative control, shall we say. Um, and she seemed to have got you. And she was also, you know, you know, pushing you out there. Um, and she was spoiling you with a lot as well. But you you wanted to go back. Why? Was it to prove a point? Was it to complete a story, as you as you say? Well, the ex the the ex that you've turned that you've returned to, I don't think they care about that story. I think that they they've only taken you back because they like being in control of you, and they. Uh, they're quite, I'm going to be brutally honest here, a bit selfish. And I'm sorry to say, I think you've made the wrong choice and you're going to need, you're going to, you're going to, need to deal with it the best way, way you can. Hey, I like you. I hope you're happy. I hope you, uh, you know, I hope you have all the success that you want. But I'm very sorry, but you made the wrong move. Oh, and by the way, I heard that you... Uh, your new ex, they've got. A, um, she's got a big uh, trip planned in London that um, you were going to be a, a big part of, and that's something you're going to uh, miss very dearly now. Some wise words for me there, Stephen. Some wise words. I think though, I am on the side of Billy here. I think you know, <laughs> love, love, love. Lo lo love, love conquers all. Love conquers all. Uh, and if if what's uh, if what we're led to believe about the person that wrote in there, you know, he's gone back to his first love, it'll be his last love, and if he finishes the story, it'll be his everything. So Billy, you are uh, the the Daphne of the week, shall we say? Will we make that a thing? Will we make you Daphne of the week? I don't know. Uh... We'll see how we, we go with this. Uh, but that that concludes this week's the Daft Sheet, the first ever episode, the first ever edition of the Daft Sheet. So let's recap the. The headlines of this week. So the front page, Billy got that with bloodline, flatlines and blood money beauty. Steve took the back page with pillars credit all maxed out. Uh, page three, that went to Steve uh, as uh, Jade kisses the TBS title goodbye. Billy got his pick in for Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3 as being our not necessarily wrestling related thing to watch. I need to come up with something snappier for that. And Billy also prevailed as the agony ant of the week uh, with the dear Dafties, as he said to our listener, to finish the story. I have been Chris Jack. Billy, thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. You just witnessed and listened to the greatest comeback since Chloe, uh, since Kim Kardashian. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Love a good comeback story. Uh, Steve, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, mm. And uh, you know, this is our first edition of the Daft Sheet uh, under the Wrestling Daft uh, podcast network, if it is that now. Uh, so just everything that John says, uh, like and subscribe on your favourite podcast places, sign up to the Patreon so you can become part of the Discord and take part in some of the chats. And uh, however you enjoy your wrestling, make sure that it's daft, make sure that it's sheety. Right. I've been Chris Jack. 
Cheerio. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.